Today on the Zabecast, mm-mm-mm, you smell that? That's the smell of a hopeless electronics sucker. Bob and Brian today as guests, a bonus appearance from the Steve Zabin audition tapes to the time they tried to fire me for Dan Patrick, a partial oral history of my 24 years with those guys. All that plus what one thing about the state you live in is a complete shit show. You've got 45 minutes to kill, then buckle up and let's go. Here we go. You're not going to believe this, folks, but I have bought another drone. Right. Welcome aboard, everybody. Happy Wednesday, January 24th, 2018. You're listening to the Zabecast. Yes, the 45-minute or thereabouts bonus extra element of me. In addition to my regular show on WTEM, ESPN 980 in Washington, D.C., uh, three hours from 4 to 7 p.m. afternoon drive. Also, my 45-minute segment, or thereabouts, with Bob and Brian in the morning on 102.9 The Hog in Milwaukee. Those two chuckleheads, Bob and Brian, will join me today on the show. And they're going to talk. we're going to talk about my 24 years with them as their dedicated sports personality and how that came to be and how that almost came to not be and everything else. Also, we're going to talk about their own sports fandom, and the Lombardi-era Packers, of which both are quite familiar because they grew up in Wisconsin, and what it meant to them. And they've actually agreed, Bob and Brian, to do this once a week with me, an extra little 20 minutes, which I really appreciate because they don't have to do it, and I'm not paying them anything. And all I'm asking is for you listeners who have never heard of them uh, nationally and everywhere else to just, you know, give them a shot. Go, go with it, and maybe you'll end up downloading their show or listening online or maybe becoming a subscriber to BobAndBrianWorld.com. I can say without exaggeration that getting hooked up with them was the biggest break of my career, I think. And you'll hear why when I bring them in and talk about it. And they're also like older brothers to me. I mean, they are like two of my best friends in life. And they're very different. They're also very similar, but they're also very different. And they just kick ass at radio. They, they do a great show. And they've been doing it for 30 years up there in Milwaukee and getting monster numbers. So those chuckleheads will join us in just a second. DJI released the Mavic Air. And, of course, I had to put one on pre-order. It looks sweet. It's really basically what I wanted when they came out the with the Spark drone, which was almost perfect because it was a really small size, but the propeller arms did not fold in. The flight time was kind of light at about 16 minutes or thereabouts, and it only had a 1080p camera. I know. That's not good enough. Oh, boy. Yeah, only 1080p. No, if I'm going to be flying around shit, I need 4K. If I'm going to be flying in to hot chicks' windows at night to try to... I'm kidding about that. Kidding. That said, I kind of held off on the on the Mavic. Or I, I held off on the Spark because, well, I wanted the Air. Well, I didn't know the Air was coming. I held off on the Mag- Mavic because the specs just weren't that good, and I ended up getting a Mavic Pro which is a really good drone itself, and it folds up to being really compact, 
which is really, to me, the whole game when it comes to drones. I, I had the old, you know, I've had, shoot, what have I had? Let's see, I've had the original, no, not the original, Phantom 2, where I had to weld on the camera, the GoPro camera, and all, I'd buy all the parts separately. This was 2011, I want to say. I ended up getting the Phantom 3 Advanced, then I got the Mavic, and now I'm getting the Mavic Air. So yeah, but I had the bigger one, the the Phantom 3 Advanced, and I took it out of the country. I took it to Mexico last year. And you know, with the right backpack, it's not that much of a pain in the ass, although it kind of is. There is no substitute for small when it comes to drones. Just, you know, even if you figure, well, I'm not going to travel anywhere with this. I don't mind if it's big in a backpack because it'll be in the back of my car, in my trunk, or in my truck. Eh, you know what? Small is always better. And this one is the smallest drone yet that has the best specs. And, yeah, I'm a sucker, so I got it. I really think I should just give DJI DJI my uh, bank account number and, like, the routing number for, you know, my bank and just say, here, you just when you come out with something new, just go ahead, deduct the funds, and just send it to me. And I'll uh, and I'll be into it. Quickly before we get to Bob and Brian, there was something I wanted to follow up on yesterday, and that was I talked about Tom Brady with Drew about what he said when he was asked, "Do you think you are a cheater?" And he said, "I don't think I am." I found that soundbite, and I want you to listen to it right now. The question they're asking themselves is, what's up with our hero? So can you answer right now, is Tom Brady a cheater? (laughs) I don't believe so. I mean, I feel like I've always played within the rules. I would never do anything to break the rules. Um, I believe in fair play and I respect the league and, you know, everything that they're doing to try to create a very competitive uh, playing field for all the NFL teams. It's a very competitive league. Um, You know, every team is... Um, you know, trying to do the best they can to win every week. You know, I believe in fair play, and uh, you know, I always believe in it for as long as I'm playing. Now, notice how scripted and how careful he sounded there, which, to me, that's the biggest indicator of some kind of guilt. Because think about it: if you really do never, ever, ever involve yourself in the football prep, like you just don't care. Let's say you've got huge, you know, bear claw hands that can grip any football. It doesn't matter. Then you're going to be like, it doesn't matter. Just whatever the balls are, you know, prep them up and just send them out. Or if you're like Jay Cutler, I'm sure Jay Cutler never gave two shits about that. He never gives two shits about anything. Eh, you know, whatever. But the if you listen to how scripted and carefully sounded there and how prepared he was and the specific phrasing of, I don't think so, eh, it leaves a lot of wiggle room in case something else were to come out. Like, yes, we do have the video of Tom Brady actually taking air out of the ball with a needle on the sideline under, you know, uh, the bench or something like that. Then he could say, well, yes, I did do that, but... And it yes, it's against the rules, but I don't consider myself as somebody who cheats. Interesting. Long time ago and a lot of hot air expended on Deflategate. We will not do any more of that right now. 
You knew I was going to pick a really annoying, cheesy song for your theme song on my podcast since you chose It's Raining Men for me Yeah, so what on are you my segment it? on Bob and Brian. Tune rocks. This is Mbop <laughs> from Hanson, which I believe you guys said was your key song in the run. We wrote it to, to one, to right? Number one in town here. Yeah. yeah, there you go. You wrote it all the way to the top. Spinning here we go. Hot tunes. Nobody knows what this song is until they get to the refrain, until they get to the umbop thing. Everyone's going, what is this song? And what is and this we song? Wrote smooth for a, a year or two. That was, yeah, on the run to one. What is this song about? This song? Bop. No idea. No idea. <laughs> it doesn't just, tell There of... were three hot chicks. Shush! Chupa da doo doo. Even had a little scratchy uh, record in there, too. Yeah. Chicken you never looked it up on song, song facts. Uh, excuse uh, me, song to, facts. What, to read the lyrics? Hanson, yes. I don't want to be on some watch list. <laughs> There's uh, some action on this Hanson. Uh, how, how do you spell mbop? How many, how many M's? M's and three M's. Bobby. Three M's and a bop. Yeah. Is it all one word? Yeah, as far as I know, uh, yeah. I uh, get this. Might be hyphenated. If I get this, to, it's, if I get went... this, it's three capital M's. Yeah. And then a bop. lowercase bop. Oh. That's how you spell it. Yeah. Is that according to Miriam Webster or the people no, who it's wrote on it? Song Brian, it's on songfacts.com. <laughs> See, it wouldn't be it's a problem. It's not song rumors, it's song facts. <laughs> it wouldn't be a problem if I wanted to listen to it because I would just go to Hanson on Spotify and that would pop up at number one. Yeah, but you know, you know what I've found, and welcome Bob and Brian, longtime Milwaukee DJs, to the Zabecast. People have been clamoring for you guys. I've finally landed you. What? what? Really? Yes. You haven't said anything about clamoring. You've been saying, when are we going to do a podcast together? But there hasn't no. been anything about clamoring. As soon as I started this podcast, people mm-hmm. said, you got to get Bob and Brian. I want Bob and Brian. I want the behind the music. Here we are, less guarded. You guys. <laughs> yeah. A little less guarded. This is like Bob you're, and Brian you're, you're World. You're allowed to swear, too, by the way. It is like Bob and Brian World, which you should absolutely subscribe to, because it's everything you guys have done for how many years now? Oh, 37. Damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 37 years. Um, say wait. fuck. No, see, I was... No. Sh- no say it. No, no. Here's, here's the thing. All right, say it or else yeah. this podcast over there. <laughs> well, say it. Get to leave early. What, what's for lunch? <laughs> Let's, see, no, see, you're getting the frat... Right out of the gate. You're getting the frat all wrong, see. No, it, come on. Yeah, all right, this press conference is over. <laughs> Go away. I no, it's over, Phil. Well, you it's know, over. You're not going to play Hanson, which is nice and awesome. <laughs> And follow it up with a, with a four-letter word. Steve, okay. I, I, I have a bit of a guideline, and let me just run this by you. I told you this years it's ago. It's fucking ridiculous to do that. <laughs> and there's one. I, we have our first one on the board. I told you this years ago. I, yeah. I, I When I got onto uh, social media, yes. I wasn't going to tweet anything on Twitter that I wouldn't say on the air. So if you go back through my Twitter timeline, you'll never see... And he, it stops really? a lot of racist comments it from does. going out. Right. Yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going or, to or sexist or <laughs> just not, basically prejudiced I'm, bigoted I'm not, things. Yeah, but gonna, the definition of what's racist, sexist, bigoted is changing all the time and the margins are getting smaller and smaller, right? right. So changing why? all the time. It's just if you're a Republican, you're all those things. <laughs> well, that you, you're automatically right. assumed to be that and there's no way out of it. I think on my timeline, Bob, yeah. I once said I wanted to rub Kyle Shanahan's face in a pile of dog shit 
and say, <laughs> nice once? play calling. Just you once? like that? You like that play calling, Kyle? I think I tweeted something to that effect. That was during the Rex Grossman era here in Washington, and Rex was throwing picks left and right like there were Mardi Gras beads, and he was on a parade float, and I was so angry you know on a that, Sunday. You know what that makes you? A man of great restraint. <laughs> that you only said it one time. Yeah, I want to rub Kyle Shanahan's face in dog shit. I felt. Really... I didn't really mean it. It was just, it felt like the right tweet at the time. You could probably go back and find that in my timeline from six years ago. I felt maybe. very sorry for your Redskins. The, the, what was it, last night? I clicked on some Super Bowl clickbait. Oh. Like the worst. <laughs> they gotcha. Super Bowl winners, uh, winning quarterbacks of all time. <laughs> and it was like four Redskin quarterbacks were on there. All of them. There's Rippin and Johnson and Williams mm-hmm. and Theismann mm-hmm. were all there. Yeah, yeah, it's a sad story. Was, I thought, what? Well, this can't be. These guys. Wow. All four of my Super Bowl well, quarterbacks. But Terry Bradshaw was on the list. Uh, Joe Namath was on the list. Trent Dilfer was on the list. You know, you know what happens when you threw like more interceptions than <laughs> touchdowns. Maybe you guys have been through this because you guys are a little older than me. You're my older brothers. How old are you guys? Old. I'm not going to swear it. I'm not going to reveal my age. Yeah. All right. No, the Bob and Brian are 57, 57. and 57. Eight. Yeah. 57, 58. So yeah. you're about eight years older than I am. But we're the coolest. You're very cool. You skew eight, young, eight. though, because you know Hanson. <laughs> I read another list on the internet where I'm not supposed to wear jeans anymore. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, it stops at 53. I was, instructed, I was instructed to stop referring to them as blue jeans. Just jeans. <laughs> yeah. Is it blue jeans, blue, Dad? Just jeans. Well, yes. at least you're yeah. not using dungarees. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, yeah. I think you need a new pair of dungarees the thing, there, though. young man. Maybe you guys have been through this, but me as I'm approaching 50, this is all new to me, this midlife crisis thing. It's about the counting the years till it's over instead of counting the years that you've come along the path of life. And so as you're about my age and you're a football fan, I know I've got several Redskin fans of my same age. Every year when we're watching the NFC AFC championship games, we're thinking, God damn, I'd love for my team to be up there. And my owner, as much as I may hate him at times, uh, to be up there accepting the trophy. And I can't see that happening because we've been bad for so long. And then it dawns on you that I'll die before that happens. Like that is a real midlife football crisis thing for sports fans. Once you approach 50, if your team has been mired in the NFL in mediocrity or worse, you're like, I'm going to die before this is ever going to happen. And I think that's why I find the Packers so aggravating now with Mike McCarthy. I have got, and and I'm dead serious here, 20 seasons left, max. So you too are counting To win the Super Bowl. And everyone that, everyone that Mike McCarthy, Waste. Forget about wasting Aaron Rodgers. You're wasting my life now, Mike. I'm down to 20. <laughs> right. Years. You're wasting my well, life. Yeah. It's not. It's not you. Sports it's me. Is a silly, silly emotional investment. <laughs> the Hold Packers on a second. have won more Hold championships on. than any other team in the NFL. Right. But okay. More Brian, let me back up other. for a second. I think Bob just broke some news. Bob, you're only going to live to 77. Max. What? I've already. Got I don't know why he goes to the gym and oh, I ate some chicken get, breast last night. And Bob, you are you are not, you are not. Yeah. God willing, you're making it way past seventy-seven. Yeah. I've got so many. Re- you guys don't have any replacement parts on board. I do. I have chronic problems. <laughs> yes. So do I. I thought this was a sports. T- <laughs> sports I thought this was supposed to be <laughs> yeah, a fun show. Fun sports. I take more so, pills. I eat my weight in pills every day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> so one guy was talking about all the pills he takes. The other guy was talking about how he's going to be dead. Yeah. Okay, so there, there's a That's portion of the Zabecast. Fun, fun a portion, show. There's a, portion, yeah, really. there's a portion of Zabecast listeners who are my national fans from far-flung markets that are aware that I did this thing with you guys but had never listened to it. And so I think they need a little bit of behind the music on how I became hooked up with you guys. Because sure. I've been doing this now since 1994, I want to say. So that's 24 years. Oh, by the way, I bet you got a big 25th anniversary for me being your sports guy. <laughs> All planned and locked and loaded, right? Right? Yeah. When, when uh-huh. is that? Yeah. yeah what kind uh, of I don't know what my start date was, if it was in the spring or not. I've got, of, this, uh, I got the picture of me in the softball uniforms with you guys in 1995 called Milwaukee's Big Units, the three of us. Yeah. And so it was 94 that I started. Okay. I think it was the fall of 94. So You still have that jersey? Be 24. Uh, yes, I Happy do. Happy anniversary. That's it? <laughs> there it is. How did we Listen. get Steve here? Let, let, me ba- let, me, let, me, let me back up. Our, we had a uh, general manager. Actually, it was our sales manager first who had a brother who did a sports thing in Connecticut. Uh, it turns out his brother was Dan Patrick. And he said, hey, my brother would be happy to do sports with you guys a couple times a week if you want to try that out so we said "Mm, okay i guess so we got dan patrick on and dan at the time first of all the general manager at your station was dave patrick dave no dave pew is his real name and dan patrick's real name is dan Dan, pew dan pew p-u-g-h his brother radio executive was your gm at the time who later became yours he he did he's been around quite a bit that's that's how that's how uh incestuous this business of ours is yeah dave pew is sort of like george clooney in the movie uh where he goes firing people from market up in the the, air up in the air (laughs) he's the grim reaper if you're in radio and dave pew if you're in radio and dave today all blonde guy oh yeah guess what you're fucked the grim reaper just walked in the door super nice guy he is i I love Dave. I love Super Dave. Super nice Pugh. guy. Okay. But, but he had a so brother. Dave Pugh then said, I got a brother who does sports. Maybe he'd do something with you. Yeah. He said, How'd you like to have him on a couple days a week? So was we he like, on ESPN at the time? Yeah. He was doing okay. he and Oberman. Were, oh, were, he, okay. So you got Dan center. Patrick kind of at the, the nascent rise of his start. Exactly. Okay. Right. He was not a, a nationally known name yet, but he was doing Sports Center with Oberman. So we get him. Uh, How long did that last? A couple years? A couple years. And it's going great. And I get a call. I had just bought my first house. And we got this little radio show here in Milwaukee. It's, it's chugging along nicely. I get a call from Dan at home. He says, hey, I have, I have some bad news. ESPN is starting up their own radio network, and they've told everybody, if you have a radio show, get out of it now. Oh boy. We're going into radio. And so he put up a fuss, and, and, and he went in and said, look, I've been doing this for a couple of years now. And they said, fine, you can keep doing that show. But you're not working here if you're doing it. It's basically what they told him. Well, so it's between your 20-minute segment a, a, week, yeah. a day yep. and ESPN, the worldwide leader in yeah. sports. Right. What a hard decision for Dan right. Patrick that must have so been. So naturally, we lose. So we hire another guy out of uh, Indianapolis. By the name of? Mark Patrick. Who happens to be the? Father of? Oh, but not brother of Dan. No, no, no not related. No totally relation. unrelated. A totally unrelated Patrick. Yes. Right. But, but we didn't, Mark we Patrick. didn't say that. I mean, we just sort of let people okay. think whatever they wanted to think. But Mark Patrick out of Indianapolis had been doing radio and television? Sure, on Bob and Tom. Yeah, he was okay. at WISH in Indianapolis. He was the sports anchor. And he was on Bob and Tom. Yeah, and Mark Patrick, uh, not in addition to being in the biz and doing radio and television, ended up having a son who became a major league pitcher by the name of Drew 
Storin. Which we heard about all the time when he was a kid. He was always really involved with the baseball thing and all that. And, hey, he's got a tournament here. He's got a tournament there. It's like, okay, yeah. everybody's got that. And then it turns out his kid winds up pitching for your team. Yeah. And, and, and he authors one of the epic choke jobs yeah. in our franchise's young history <laughs> in the postseason against the Cardinals, blowing a save and blowing a chance to advance to the second round, which I don't hold against him because it's a, you know, baseball is a, is a bitch. It's a tough thing. Uh, good good guy, though, and did his best for us, but it was an unfortunate outcome here. So Mark Patrick is now your sports guy yes. for a period of how long? Two years, maybe? Couple years. Two yeah, years. Two years, and, and, he gets, and it's going and well. And all of a sudden, across well. town, opens up another shop, so to speak, in the biz. Well, another it's radio our competitor. Station. It's our direct competitor. And they decide they're going to come pluck Mark Patrick from they your are, clutches. Right, they're going to make a run. Totally yeah. discounting any kind of chemistry or... Uh, History. We're just going to take this Patrick it was guy. A figured they dash for the cash. Plug that guy in and with those guys And he took the dash over there and, and for the cash. Yep. That lasted. I begged him. I'm not kidding, Steve. I begged him. I said he was in my car. He was in town. I said, Mark, don't do this. This is a huge mistake. This is a huge mistake for you to do this. Don't just go chasing the cash. He's going, no, man, really. This is life-changing. This, yeah. Said, yeah. He, yeah. He was talking about this kind of money. This this comes along once. And it was to, we can say Reitman and Miller. It was to work with No, Reitman it was QFM. He wound up at Reitman and Miller oh, later. Oh, did he dig it another Rock step was doing sports with oh, him. Oh, is that right? Yeah, over at QFM, Rock, our producer. Rock. Yeah. Train and it was, a, it was a train wreck, like I predicted, and they blew it out of the water. I don't even remember that. So, a couple so of, at that point, you needed another sports guy because you had built in a sports segment yes. every day on the show. And that's where the connection of your now GM, Tom Jarris, at the time, yeah, 1994. The time. Yeah, he's not our GM anymore. No. Yeah. Uh, G- your GM at the time, Tom Jarris, uh, knew a guy who was working for us. I, I was then at, in in uh, northern North Northbrook, Illinois, at One on One Sports Radio Network, in the early nascent days of sports network radio. ESPN itself didn't have network radio in 1994. Did you know that? When I started working at One on One Sports with our network of shit shit ass stations <laughs> around the country that we service in Lake Charles for a second. in Lake <laughs> in Lake Charles Louisiana and Moline Illinois and all these other places all right that we were the only ones and then ESPN said god we should probably do a radio product and syndicate it across the country gee like why didn't i have a v8 it was like the dumbest thing ever that they had not been doing this already they get into the space but i'm i'm there working at this you know little uh scrappy little sports network and one of the account executives there by the name of Greg Nowak Friends with your guy Tom Jarris, and Jarris is like, I need a sports guy. Do you know anybody? And Greg Nowak, who I'd played golf with and become friends with, says, Yeah, I know a guy who's, you know, pretty funny and uh, young hustler guy. He might be okay for you guys. Why don't you give him a shot? We had tried some other dude out before you. There was one we, or two tapes we, we got. We basically were holding open auditions on the uh, air, like comedians who knew a little bit about sports or a sports guy who was kind of funny. And then about the fifth day, I think you came along because we were looking at each other during these sports casts, like, "Oh my god, this guy's terrible." <laughs> Who is this? <laughs> they were probably giving you baseball scores yeah. and basketball scores, right? Yeah. And then we, and then you came along, and it was like, eh, "How do you pronounce his name?" <laughs> and... Oh, you say that about my name. My first thing on the phone was, "Oh shit, I can't tell Bob apart from Brian. I cannot do it. They sound." That was the same. Right. That was back when we used to do it on the phone. Right. But they sounded the same to my ear because I was not accustomed to the Midwest accent. 
So you both were just Midwesterners to me. And now it's night and day, obviously, after yeah, 24 years. Sure, it's years. like if you have twin cousins. Right. You know, after you've seen them. And they're both hot. And you <laughs> look at them and go, oh, wait, you're talking about something else. No, wait, no. Right. So as I recall, I, don't, I, I was not told what the job would pay if I were to get it. I was not told anything about here's what they like. It was just talk sports with them, and I got on, and I just started throwing the ball all over the place. And I guess you must have liked the cut of my jib. I don't know what it was. What was it that you I liked about me? I don't even remember. Steve, it was so long ago. What do you ago? like about me now, Bob, Brian, since you don't sound so enthused? <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, here we go. <laughs> One of my favorite soundbites. Turned into Festivus all of a yes, sudden. Yes, it sure did. And any any recollection on what it was that got me the job? I no, just remember you. It was really, really. I do. It really? was just. It was casual. It just seemed like we had picked up at where we had left off with Dan and Mark, and then Steve comes along. What it's if like it an had been same... in a different order? Oh, what if that's... Steve was the first guy we tried out? And You're like, he's felt, okay, but let's try somebody else. Goofy from the beginning. And, <laughs> you know, it might have been a week worth of sort of lubing up for the thing that. Uh, you know what, Dan? Here's what we used to talk to different Dan people. used to have everybody's know. phone numbers, like Jim Brown or I don't remember who else, but we called. We would, uh, but what was that like? We would. We this is Jim Brown. Jim, we called no, Jim stop Brown. fucking calling my phone. No, Click. We, we called Jim Brown and hung up. He answered <laughs> and we hung up. Hang up. Yeah. Oh my God, he's answering. Right. We, right. We're all screaming, hang up, hang up, hang up. <laughs> This was right. after there was some incident, some domestic incident. This is back when we used to laugh at domestic violence. Oh, right. Yeah, and there was an incident, and Dan goes, you know, I have his number. And we're like, let's call him. Let's call him. Call him. Let's call him. Give me the number, Dan. So we called Jim Brown and hung up one day. Yeah, Dan was in, why were you on the phone so long? That guy threw another dude was, through a window. Right. There was an incident. Right. Well, that was an incident. Yeah. Well, that was an incident. Well, that was an incident. An incident. Yes, exactly right. Well, as, as luck would have it, I got the gig. I was so excited. It represented a lot of money relative to my stage in life at 27 years old, I think. But you, for the first 10 years of this gig, you lived in constant fear of Dan coming back. <laughs> you would always and say. And you moved around a lot. And you lived in that house with other I didn't move around roommates. a lot. I moved to Charlotte. Where did and you, you live? Did, and did... you almost did replace me with Dan the second go round. Steve. That was, that was going no, to happen. Steve, that was never going to happen. We went to our general manager's office and said, no, we're fine. Just leave it the way it is. You we're, said, yes. we're gonna, you said oh, we'll do all we can, but I, it's out of my hands. No, I never said that. You didn't I, say that? No, okay. we, we went to Tom. I felt I was gone. I no. felt like this had well, run you its always, course. You still feel like you're temporary. You still why think, shouldn't I? You still think Drew is coming back to replace you. Ah, why get... shouldn't I? I'm in radio. <laughs> Always nervous. You know, always nervous. Always look around your back. You know, you run your mouth on the golf course, and you're a tough guy. But I know deep down inside, you are just as insecure as any eight year old girl. <laughs> Which well, is why we're replacing you. What? Hard, hard to deal with. Yes. Right. We're, we we actually thought we'd break the news to you on your Zabecast that this will be your last broadcast. Or we could have Giannis brother. call you and say, "I'm going to try and save your job." I will, I will wait, save wait a you. minute. What? Hey, I will save you, Steve. I I will save you, <laughs> my friend. <laughs> if I can be serious for a second, though. Okay. Right. Okay. I got to say this, you guys. I owe so much to my career to you guys because. You guys made me, I think, so much better and different as a sports radio host 
because I had this FM sensibility every day for 25 to 35 minutes. Because I'm talking to two DJs who knew just enough about sports to be dangerous, that there was a whole different vibe to what you and I did every day for 35 minutes, and I was able to port some of that, I don't want to say attitude, it makes me sound too much like Poochie the dog, Brian, but but in my line He's of work, a it, with a, attitude. attitude, with the hat backwards. Baggy pants, right. skateboard. Right, right. Do, do, you know, do you know that in, I mean, AM sports radio, by and large, even now, is so serious, needlessly serious, needlessly full of itself. It's not nearly as fun as it should be. And when I say AM sports radio, most sports radio stations are on FM now, but traditional sports radio, even now, is a bunch of cock measuring, I'm smarter than you, (laughs) I've got a hot take, and I'm right radio than what it should be, which is fun, right? Talking about sports. At the end of the day... If it's not fun, find something else to do. It's exactly. And so, I mean, pe- you can be passionate about it. I am passionate about the Packers. I think we're both pretty clear about that. We both get a little heated, sure. Ryan and I, when we're talking about the Packers. But at the end of the day, it's like, it's a game. It doesn't really matter. But it's, when it's, people a, it's ask a nice me, distraction. Until they start handing out, you know, new <laughs> Volvos after a win or right? <laughs> another Ford Ranger for the. When people start asking fans. me, when people ask me, well, who's the bigger sports fan? I say always, I go, well, Bob watches more sports, but Brian understands sports. That's a great analogy. Better, I think. The, the Brian's essence... a lot deeper. He's a lot. Huh, he, boy. He, he doesn't say as much, but he doesn't have to. He's like Pauly in Goodfellas. Sure. Pauly didn't move for no one because he didn't have to. And I'll have you killed. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> But but both of you guys, I mean, Bob, you obviously are a huge sports fan and huge Packer fan and fan of all the teams up there. And just I don't know, you know how you guys remember everything. You know? That's a good question. I don't, I know, don't... You know a guy who's been on a team for five years and he left there, free agent went somewhere else. <laughs> what? You right. guys do that? I hate it, but you that's know. tough. That is a tedious part of our job. I remember stories and anecdotes better. Like the time that you know Charles Oakley threw a basketball off of Tyrone Hill's head <laughs> over a dice bet. Like a that story, one. yeah, that story never leaves you. And the guy who's even better at those anecdotes is my former partner Andy Polin, who remembers all that shit. Now the transactional stuff, Brian, of what guy, where did he play, and what did he hit, and what were his home runs? Shit, you can look that up on Baseball Reference nowadays. You don't yeah, need to know that stuff. Yeah, but you guys always seem to know it. Both of you. Yeah. yeah, there's. I guess there's. Brian, if you say it firmly enough, long <laughs> enough, <laughs> right? Uh-uh. Say it no, loud, no right? Say it loud. Move quickly and never look back. Right, right. That's the key. Right. Get a clipboard in life and a badge, and walk past anyone saying, "What are you supposed to be doing the here?" The yellow sir? vest helps nowadays. The yellow too. vest helps yeah. as well. That gives you a little more believability. Yeah, but as far as the sports fandom, I mean, you guys are always both there. And there's always stories that I know when I'm thinking, okay, what would be good for these guys? I know certain ones. I was like, oh, this one will be right up your guy's alley. Because <laughs> there's always something that tickles the sort of the, the interesting concepts of sports, sportsmanship and or you know traditions. And Brian, you with the uniforms. I, I'm glad that you're a uniform geek like I am because that's all there is at the end of the day in sports. It's just the uniform and the equipment and the helmets. That's the, the very granular the stuff of sports. Pageantry of sports. Right, exactly. And you also, Brian, know more about the Packers than Bob, mm, don't you think? 
Yeah. Mm. He had every yearbook when he was a kid growing up. He had them. I think you still have them, right? For the most part. I used to get them every year, and I kind of trailed off on that. But I had a real solid run from 1966 to about. You were better 90, read by far, and you've read I all the was. you've read read all the Lombardi books. I've read three or four of them. Yeah, yeah. when Pride still mattered, Run That's to Daylight, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't read a book, Bob, in quite a while. Why would I read a book? I have a TV. <laughs> I have <laughs> eyes for yeah. a movie. And if screen. the book is that good, they'll make, a, they make movie a movie out of it. Thank There's you. thirty so. for thirty out there. <laughs> Right. I'm done in 30 minutes. Yeah. Book, suckers. <laughs> I have an iTunes account. Why would I read? I have, exactly. I have Hulu. I have, what? It's Jerry Kramer's birthday today, by the way. Just, Is I don't it really? Know, I don't know when you're airing this, but yeah. Today. Happy birthday, Jerry. Hey, you're going to the Super Bowl, right? Yes. Uh, you'll probably see Jerry up there. Okay. Should I tell him hi uh, from you guys? Please do. I had dinner with him uh, not long ago. Name dropper. Uh, yeah, well, you know, he, uh, well, but you know what he you said? and Jerry, you know what? a thing. I, we, were, I, yeah, was, we were at the Lombardi golf outing. It was it was the dinner afterward, and Jerry got there late, and he came in. He was very tired. You could see he was very tired, and he sat down at our table. He just took a seat like two away from me. And Jerry and I have met before, and he just sits down quietly. And you could see he was worn out. And after when it was time to sit and chat, I said, Every, "How you doing, uh, Mister?" I always refer to him as Mister Kramer to open with, and then he'll say, "Just call me Jerry." And I said, how are you, Jerry? He goes, oh, I'm tired. And I said, yeah, these things wear you out. And he said, and he said with all sincerity, he said, I would never miss this. Oh, really? Yeah. He goes, I would never miss this. Because he loves the reunion of. Well, he loves Lombardi. And he right. just loves the Packers. And he loves being there with all. He loves being. I think he loves being a Packer and being Jerry I think Kramer. that's got to be one of the great all-time payoffs of being on that team is you just, you have. A bond with those guys that lasts your your whole life, you know. Okay. Here's the question I'm going to throw at you guys, and we'll close today with this because we're here for a good time, not a what? Long time. That's right. And oh, I, 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 I lost track on my timer here, so I don't know how long this segment's going. I was going to say quality time. What? <laughs> it's about 25 minutes right 25 now. minutes. Perfect. Perfect time. <laughs> so uh, long time listener and sometime Pizza's adjutant. done. <laughs> long time listener and sometime Bob and Brian adjutant, Brian McQuestion, emailed me. <laughs> that guy writes all the time. Are you on the outs with them still, Bob? No, 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 we're fine. Okay. We, yeah, because I think you can't it was a be, misunderstanding. I know. You can't be on the outs with Brian McQuestion because he's such a fan and he writes very good, detailed, funny things. And he loves you guys, even though you fight sometimes. He's like Brian. like Brian. He's a thinker. He mm. is a thinker. Yeah. And he held the most vicious grudge against Favre when he left of anybody. <laughs> what do you Here's mean, what Brian. Held, what do you mean, held? He holds, holds still yeah. to this day to his grave. Here's Brian McQuestion's. Uh, email to me regarding the ice bowl. Good afternoon. Long time listener. Too many time emailer. Love, emailer. Love the show. Great topic. Bob and Brian have Bart Starr on tape talking about the ice bowl. Bart had talked to Kramer who thought that he could chip Pew enough to get Starr in. Starr came over to the sidelines and told Lombardi. Lombardi responded, all right, let's do that and get the hell out of here. Starr told the story that when you look at the tape of him turning around and heading back to the huddle, he had to put his head down to hide the fact that he was laughing. Make Bob and Brian run that tape sometime during the upcoming sports droughts. Bart says that in some special about the ice bowl, too. I've seen him say it on film. I think it was is that, that true or false from Brian McQuestion? That is true. Yeah, he said that he was true. turning around, he was laughing. He said, laughing just like I'm laughing you guys now. Yeah. Uh, just Yes. That's awesome because yeah. this was in this All was right, in the way. Let's get the hell out of here. Yeah. For, some reason that, for some reason, that time it cracked Bart up and 
One of the most iconic games ever. Yeah. Do you know, though, that nobody but uh, Star and Kramer and I think the guard, the other guy, the other guy in the O-line, knew that it was going to be a sneak? It was on a need-to-know basis. Right, Chuck Mercine. Chuck Mercine had no idea. Had no idea, nope. and he put his arms up so he wouldn't be accused of pushing Star into the right, end zone. which mistakenly was him signaling touchdown in the in Yeah, that cocky son of a bitch. Nowadays, <laughs> nowadays just... some incompetent ref like Jeff Triplett would have thrown a flag. <laughs> I got 15 <laughs> yards yeah, for unsportsmanlike conduct. Yeah, yeah. It's third, fourth and goal from the 17. <laughs> yeah. Packers lose ice bowl on taunting penalty. And here's the other thing about the ice bowl. Watch Kramer. Watch his hand. Does he leave early? Oh. <sighs> That's the other controversy. Does he move a little oh, bit early? Oh boy! It's just a. It's Steve. It's a blink. It's an eyelash, but Kramer will just look and wink and say, "I got a good start. I got a good jump." I ran okay. a five oh forty once. <laughs> what? Forty yeah, what? Forty yards. I ran a five oh forty. When? What year was that? Oh, I don't know. High school. Seventy. <laughs> Five? Yeah, because that you, you want to talk about a good jump? Because <laughs> <laughs> I usually keep on running that in nine seconds or so. All right, you fuckers, I'm a, it tickled pink that you're going to do this with me once a week, God willing, studio willing. And, of course, people should subscribe to BobandBrianWorld.com. They should listen to Bob and Brian from whatever market they're living in because it's good radio no Just matter what. Just go to TuneIn Radio. TuneIn Radio, that'd be 102.9 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And you can uh, listen to, I think you guys have podcasts of the show. No? Here, uh, Yeah, there's podcasts that are yeah. posted. Not, I don't know what's podcast. I don't go back and listen to them, so I'm not sure exactly what it is. But okay. there's stuff there every day. All right, very good. Well, let's make it 24 more years, okay? And please don't hire Dan Patrick back, okay? <laughs> still. He's see the him. man I still walk in fear of. <laughs> He's like a white walker to me. I'm always in fear of him. No. I'm not. I'm not doing this till I'm 84 years old. I'm just. I'm just not. You'll do it till we say you're done. You keep doing it. God damn it! I'm not. You're like Jesse cooking meth, handcuffed to a wire. You'll right. just keep cooking. Right. You're on some dog run. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, Bob and Brian. We'll see you next time. Get out of here. Let's end on this today. Every state in our wonderful country has something about it that is completely and utterly fucked up. And in my state, Virginia, the Commonwealth, we're not a state, we're a Commonwealth, and I'm sure there's some distinction on that that I don't know and I don't care to know, even though I was a poli-sci major in college. The Commonwealth of Virginia, the one thing about this state that is completely insane is that we have the most draconian speeding laws in all of America. If you're caught doing 81 in Virginia, even if the speed limit is 70, which it is in parts of the state, you could go to jail for several days. That's right, jail, jail. You could have a perfectly clean driving record, and you could be going with the flow of traffic on I-81, and you could be caught going 81 miles an hour, and you could go to jail. It doesn't usually happen. You usually have to pay an attorney downstate where they get all these people speeding to get you out of it, but it could theoretically happen. I read a story about a car and driver reviewer that reviewed 
a sports car in the state of Virginia and, of course, got caught on a back road going 20 miles over the speed limit, which is another way they can get you with reckless driving. Automatic reckless, 20 miles over. Or anything over 80 in Virginia is reckless. And you could go to jail. And they made an example of this car and driver reviewer because what better way to get the message out there of, oh, yeah, we're putting you in jail. And he wrote up the whole story about, yeah, I couldn't believe this. I'm checking into jail for going 55 in a 30 on a back road in downstate Virginia when I was reviewing the new Camaro SS or whatever it was. Completely ridiculous. I mean, it's insane. What do you want, speeding? Uh, No, but uh, every other state in the country does not have laws this draconian. Not even close. I mean, jail. Putting people in jail. In the county jail for two or three days. It's nuts. It's like a minor felony just to go 20 over. So that law, just recently, the state Senate put forth and passed a bill to at least soften the law by saying, if you're going 81, it's not an automatic reckless. We're going to change that classification. They didn't even try to touch the fact that going 20 over, like going, let's say, 55 in a 35, and you could say, well, that's way too fast. Do you know how easy it is to go 20 over, depending on the road? You might not know the speed limit, whatever. They weren't even going to try to uh, you know, go after that. It's only passed the Senate. It hasn't passed the House. Previous attempts to bring Virginia into the realm of states that are not fucking insane about their speeding laws have all failed. And it's not even a partisan issue. It's, you know, the, the, the votes apparently cross partisan lines. Some Democrats, some Republicans are all saying this is just ridiculous. I hope it does pass because it is crazy. And it ensnares too many people who don't belong actually in jail. Jason Wirth, Nationals outfielder, went to jail for like two days because he was doing well, about 100 apparently on the Beltway. On a Sunday morning, though, in a short stretch. Too fast, but that shouldn't be jail. You know, especially not for our star right fielder, left fielder, whatever he was. So let's hope that gets passed. Here's my question to you. My homework for listeners here on the Zabecast is give me one thing about your state that is completely fucked up, that you're just almost embarrassed. I can't believe this is the case. Two examples I'll give right now. One is in the state of New Jersey, you have to pump your own gas. That's ridiculous. Alabama, apparently... If they haven't changed it, it used to be that the marriage, that the legal age to get married was like 14. That's completely fucked up. So the homework is, what one thing about your state is completely fucked up? And if you're from Illinois, New York, California, I bet you can have a lot of things on your list potentially, but every state has their one thing that they have to say, you know what, pretty damn embarrassing. All right, thanks for listening once again, everybody, to the Zabecast. Tell two friends. Download on iTunes. Subscribe there as well. Google Play, all the usual places. Feedback, welcome at Zabe on Twitter. Also, uh, Zabe at Yahoo.com on electronic mail. Thank you for listening, everybody, and we will see you next time.